1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Police investigating a terrifying home invasion. Two armed men tying up three Abbotsford residents.
2: It happened early yesterday morning with a child sleeping nearby as the suspects ransacked the house. Grace Key is live in that neighborhood tonight and Grace, police say at this point this does not appear to be gang related.
3: Yeah, they don't think that's the case. Now, it all unfolded in just the home behind me here, and police are saying the home and the victims in this case are known to them. Toys litter the backyard of this Abbotsford home, clear signs of a child living here. But that didn't stop two armed men from storming in, tying up three people inside and then rummaging through the home. Luckily, the three-year-old boy was asleep in one of the bedrooms throughout the terrifying incident. After the suspects took off, one of the victims managed to free himself and then run to a neighbor's house for help.
4: He went call 911 the police. I can't use let me use my phone to call 911. He said uh, some of my friends tied me up and uh, they stole our cars and stole all of our phones. He said if they if they like. Uh, to call the police, they would kill the guy. What saying?
3: The home invasion happened at about 8 o'clock Monday morning in the 30,400 block of Sandpiper Drive. The two suspects had their faces covered, and one of them had a shotgun. Two men and a woman, all in their 30s, were tied up. It took two hours for them to free themselves. Police are looking into a motive for the home invasion.
5: All three of the individuals in the home are known to police, and uh, the home itself has a pretty extensive history with
6: police.
3: This neighborhood has seen police activity before. Just across the street is a sign reading that the area is under surveillance. Residents say it's for another home
1: down the block,
3: but this latest incident has families concerned.
1: Yeah, it's scary
7: if somebody take. Uh, there's like two car, they can take it. Yeah, scary. Very scary. Yeah. So shooting there and now this happened, now it's feel scared, yeah.
3: Now, the suspects in this case did take off with cash, jewelry, and two vehicles that included a white Cadillac, a CTS, and a gray Porsche Cayenne. Now, the victims in this incident were not seriously
2: hurt. Grace Key in Abbotsford. Thanks, Grace.
1: A West Kelowna woman also in shock tonight after having to fight off an intruder in her own home. And there's a woman.
8: In my dog's face
1: with her naked woman, with
8: her arms out, screaming as loud as she can. Breaks down the door and her head is poking through into my house with me and my two kids.
1: It happened on Sunday. The attacker allegedly a migrant worker from a nearby orchard. Moments before the suspect got in and the homeowner, Danielle Ball, confronted her, Danielle managed to lock her two children in another room for safety.
8: I grab her by the top of the head. We're wrestling. I throw her down somehow on the ground and tell my dog to start attacking her. She starts walking a few more steps, turns back to me, and says, Wow, you're really strong. To me, that was, I mean, I say that because, like, in that moment, it was all, like she had moments where she was lucid, like, she knew what was happening.
1: Well, the woman ended up barricading herself in a shed on Ball's property. RCMP eventually broke down the door and arrested her. While the motive for the attack is unknown, those from the farm where the suspect was working say they believe it may be connected to disturbing news she received about her brother from her home country of Brazil.
2: In Richmond, police are investigating an early morning shooting in an upscale neighborhood that shocked area residents and sent one man to hospital in serious condition. Ramina Dea has the details on this one. And Ramina, you happen to speak with the victim's father.
9: I did just a few hours ago, Chris. He is still shaken up tonight. His son is still in hospital and he's telling us that he has no idea why gunmen showed up at the house and you heard two gunshots holly choi getting ready to leave for university when she heard gunshots around the corner from her home i heard the first gunshot and just heard a bit of arguing and then i heard the second gunshot the violence erupted just before 6 a.m richmond rcmp say one victim was taken to hospital with serious injuries
10: shot here i'm not even surprised my parents they go for walks a lot like every day And they always see, like, police cars, like, around here. It's
9: not the first time. That's all I can say. RCMP not commenting on whether the shooting was targeted. Can we speak to you about why shots were fired here? We're with Global Television.
4: I don't know, because uh, I've gone through a heart disease. I want to get some rest, please.
9: The man at the window later told us it was his son who was shot. The suspects forced the door open. He said he had no idea why his son would be targeted.
2: I don't care what the st- statistics say. The, the fact is that we're getting more exposure
5: to this all the time.
9: Surrey, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Vancouver, now Richmond. Communities growing increasingly frustrated with the number of shootings in very public places. An innocent woman grazed with a bullet just last month in Surrey. I don't know if they have the resources to deal with that.
11: There's a multi-pronged approach that's going to be that's needed and we're committed to doing that.
9: Tough talk from the new public safety minister who's promising more resources for police and communities. Residents just hoping the government follows through. Scary for sure. You could have been hit. I could have because I was just right there. (laughs) So it was really close by. No arrests in this case. RCMP haven't released any information regarding suspects. The only details we have are from witnesses who say that there was a black vehicle that was speeding away from the scene and it was going down Goldstream. That's all we know at this point, Chris.
2: All right, Romina, thank you.
9: Police in Surrey investigating another shooting
1: in that city. This one happened in the 7000 block of 180th Street, the Clayton Heights neighborhood. Shots were fired at a townhouse and a vehicle. Thankfully, no one was hit. This is the second such drive-by shooting in this neighborhood within just a few
2: days. Fire crews targeting some hotspots today, hours after a fire broke out at a warehouse on Anasis Island. Part of the Ideal Welders Complex went up in flames late yesterday afternoon. Investigators looking into what sparked the fire, but witnesses say the building was being renovated. I love
11: this company. It's a really great place. We pride ourselves on like being safe like, you know, as much as we can, right? But this just sucks. I don't know what I'm going to be doing.
5: We're offensive for the first part of the fire and uh, thought they were getting the upper hand, but
2: uh, there's a lot of void spaces, a lot of different add-ons to the building. Very tough, stubborn fire to fight. No workers were in the building when the fire broke out, and there are no injuries to civilians or to firefighters. Premier John
1: Horgan apologizing today for comments made when his government fired former Liberal leader Gordon Wilson last week from his LNG post. At the time, Horgan claimed Wilson had done very little work as the province's LNG advocate to justify his six-figure salary. But a paper trail of Wilson's efforts has since surfaced. And now everyone is offering a mea culpa. Keith Baldry reports.
4: Well, there's ample commentary in uh, on both Twitter and Facebook that have been extremely defamatory.
5: Gordon Wilson says his reputation has been harmed by the new NDP government, which last week claimed he didn't do any actual work in his four-year term as the province's LNG advocate. That launched a barrage of social media attacks on Wilson. Here's the new jobs minister talking about Wilson last week. Any independent contractor would be reporting occasionally to the person paying them to let them know what they were doing. So... Very unusual uh, steps that he took in terms of not reporting at all. And frankly, that just doesn't prove that he did anything of any value for for the money that he got. But it turns out there is a long paper trail that contains numerous reports filed by Wilson. And it's on the government's own website to boot.
4: This is something that was, um, I think, a first-class
5: program. It was one that was unique globally. I was uh, very proud of the program we built. The NDP government quickly backpedaled today with the Premier offering Wilson an apology. I, I offer an apology to Mr. Wilson and I'm hopeful that we can now all move on. But that may not be good enough for Wilson.
4: I can tell you that I don't think this is going to go away. Uh, it's certainly not going to be something that can be just pushed away with a uh, with a wave of the hand uh, by the Minister or the
5: Premier.
1: All right, let's bring Keith in to talk more about this. Uh, Keith, some irony here given Wilson's history.
5: Oh, yeah. Where to start? Uh, folks uh, recall Gordon Wilson, of course, as the former leader of the B.C. Liberal Party, but he was recruited into the NDP ranks when they were in government under Glenn Clark in the 1990s. He was a cabinet minister under the NDP. Two of the senior aides in that uh, Clark government were none other than John Horgan, now the premier, and Adrian Dix, now the health minister. Finally, Wilson also ran for the NDP leadership with the encouragement of people such as Mosahota, who's pretty tight with John Horgan. And uh, in, in 2000, that was overseen and pres- Presided over by the party president. None other than, I can't make this up, Bruce Ralston, the very same guy who's made those quotes in that story that Gordon Wilson is so upset about. Uh, Who knows where this is going to go? Wilson doesn't sound like he wants to drop it.
1: We'll see what happens next. Keith, thank you. Right. And one more note, Premier Horgan acting on a key campaign promise today, scrapping tuition fees for adult basic education and English language training programs across the province. Horgan says enrollment in the programs dropped nearly 35 percent when the previous liberal government brought in tuition fees in 2015.
2: The latest numbers from the B.C. Wildfire Service indicate more than 600,000 hectares have now burned. Here's a look at how the fire has grown since we first showed this map back in July 12th when just 45,000 hectares were impacted. Then, by July 19th, more than 350,000 hectares had been burned. Now take a look. It's the equivalent of 604,000 hectares lost to the fires, an area that would cover the lower mainland from Vancouver to Almost Hope and the southern tip of Vancouver Island. Now, there are currently 146 wildfires burning in the province. 17 new fires started yesterday, the bulk of those by lightning. $243 million has been spent, and there are 3,700 personnel fighting these fires.
1: And crews working all night to ensure a fast-moving wildfire on Anarchist Mountain just east of Osuyus Lake was brought under control. Luckily, no structures were damaged, but as Shelby Tom reports, the flames did come dangerously close. Uh, A ring of fire. This was the scene of a 10-hectare grass fire that
8: ignited on Anarchist Mountain just east of Osuyus around 10.30 Monday night. Some area residents who I spoke to say they were sleeping when a passerby alerted them to a fire creeping down the hillside behind their home. You can see here just how close it got to vineyards and structures at the bottom of this hillside. It was fully engulfed, the whole
12: hillside, and it was, it was um, candling in the trees.
8: Brenda DeRoche manages this vineyard and rushed to turn on the irrigation system
12: so that everything was wet in the area. And I know the vineyard above us is owned by Mission Hills, and they came and did the same thing.
8: Firefighters used bladder bags to access water.
7: Used the whole night about 20,000 gallons of water.
8: Scrambling to extinguish the blaze in the dead of night.
7: Do you see the terrain over there? It's pretty steep and it was dark, so that was the biggest challenge.
8: The Anarchist Mountain Fire Department, supported by ground crews from Asuyus and the BC Wildfire Service.
7: One night we can't
10: fly, so no aircraft, no helicopters, so just working this fire with ground crews.
8: Ground crews worked through the night and managed to save homes and vineyards. A sleepless night for firefighters and residents.
12: Very scary when you look up and your whole hillside is on fire. (laughs) The cause,
8: a bit of a mystery. The heart of the fire was in a remote location off Highway 3 and there was no
1: lightning in the area.
11: We have no clue at the moment.
1: Shelby Tom, Global News, near Neurosuyus. And a firebug in Nanaimo has been caught on video surveillance. RCMP investigating two grass fires this month, both believed to be deliberately set. The first happened August 2nd. The second, just a few days later, August 7th, both in the same small park near the university. And in at least one of the incidents, a suspect was caught on video surveillance.
6: When I
10: was checking my cameras, I have cameras around the house, we saw an actual person that's starting the fire. Oh, okay. And I gave it to the police.
13: We really need the public's help on this one. Is uh, hopefully they would see somebody in the area, maybe leaving in a car or bike, whatever, leaving on foot, running from the area. We need that information. We have got to stop this person. The chances of having damage, the fire picking up spreading to adjacent buildings was extremely high.
1: It's believed the suspect is the same in both cases, described as a white male, about six feet tall, with short, dark hair, 18 to 22 years old, with a white backpack over his shoulder.
6: They will be met with fire and fury
2: like the world has never seen. An unprecedented threat from President Trump directed at North Korea coming up on the News Hour.
1: And the search for a runner who shoved a woman into the path of a bus. How the driver's quick thinking probably saved her life. But first, one man's attempt to buy his dream car didn't go quite as planned. And it's a warning to all of
2: us. He even gave the dealership a $1,000 deposit Only only to be told they gave it to someone else. Andrew, our Consumer Matters reporter is here now with more on the story. Unbelievable.
12: It is unbelievable. I mean, why put down a deposit? Thanks, you two. When putting down a deposit for a vehicle, you would expect the dealer to hold the vehicle for you until the sale is complete. But one Vancouver consumer found out recently that's not always
10: the case. If I was a cartoon, I would have had steam coming out my ears.
12: Tyson Kidd is still trying to understand how his dream vehicle slipped away. Back in July, Tyson, to his delight, found this used Range Rover online.
10: It was pretty rare to to find the year, to find the, uh, the price that they had listed it at.
12: So after contacting the dealership that was selling the vehicle, Tyson walked into Southside Nissan
10: in Vancouver for a test drive. So when I went and saw it, test drove it, fell in love with it instantly. There was one
12: slight mechanical issue, however, vibration from the steering wheel when the vehicle reached speeds of 80 kilometers an hour. But Tyson says the salesperson at the dealership assured him the car would be sent to its original manufacturer, Land Rover's service department, to address the issue. With financing approved and paperwork signed, Tyson put down a $1,000 deposit while the vehicle got inspected.
10: I believed that the deposit was to hold that vehicle for me until the inspection went through and, you know, we deemed it safe to to hit the road and to drive off the lot.
12: But days later, Tyson says he received a shocking phone call from the dealership.
10: She told me that they weren't going to be able to sell me the Range Rover because the Nissan mechanics couldn't find out what the problem was.
12: Tyson says he told the sales manager the vehicle was supposed to be sent specifically to the Land Rover dealership for inspection.
10: She just repeated herself. That the Nissan mechanics couldn't find the problem, so they weren't going to sell it to me.
12: Tyson was suspicious and demanded to speak to the general manager. 30 minutes later, he got another phone call from the dealership saying...
10: The vehicle is sold and it's no longer here. Period. That's it. And what are you thinking? That's impossible. How is that possible? I have a deposit down. I've signed the paperwork. The financing is gone. Too-
12: Tyson says the dealership apologized and returned his $1,000 deposit. Still, Tyson says it's poor customer service. The Vehicle Sales Authority of BC, which investigates consumer complaints, agrees. But given the laws in BC, does not have the jurisdiction to take action.
5: Consumers in British Columbia have a lot of protections under the consumer protection laws. Um, But deposits is not one of them, and uh, so in this situation, the uh, consumer is really left to uh, the courts um, to uh,
10: try to get any kind of satisfaction. The principle is that they sold this vehicle out from under a potential customer without even asking, alerting, anything like that, and I think that's just really poor, poor customer service.
12: And we did reach out to Southside Nissan Vancouver. The general manager told us due to company policy, he could not comment and refused to answer any of our questions. As for Tyson Kidd, he says he's not interested in financial compensation. He just wants help finding a similar vehicle. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me. There's my email address at consumermattersatglobalnews.ca.
2: Well, we now know who walks away with top honors at the Honda Celebration of Lights. And the winner is. Anybody who was watching or listening knows that's Team Japan. The country opened the show late last month. Crowds described it as one of the best they'd seen. More than a million spectators packed the beaches over the three nights of this family friendly event. Well judged, I'm told, (laughs) by all accounts. So. Thank you, Chris.
1: Well, amphibians have the right-of-way in Whistler right now. Tiny toads, thousands of them, are migrating across trails. And in order to get them to the other side safely, roads must be closed and restrictions put in place. But as Ted explains, not everyone is heeding the warnings.
4: As the world's great migration events go, be it the thousands of great caribou that travel north every year or the 100 million monarch butterflies that move from Canada to Mexico and back, or the mighty wildebeest migration in Tanzania, the whistler-toad migration is nothing like it.
12: Yeah, tinier than I expected, Thought they'd be bigger. Yeah, it looks, looks pretty cute, and uh, hopefully it gets to its place. <laughs>
4: These little guys face all kinds of very real obstacles. There are no cars or bikes or little kids getting in the way of the caribou, monarchs or wildebeest. But for the western toadlet, just getting from Lost Lake to the forest only a few meters away, that journey is as perilous as any on the planet.
12: It's, going the wrong way. it's a lot less toads this year. Their survival rate is really low. There's thousands of them, but very few survive.
4: And while there aren't many toadlets today, things could really get hopping in a few days, as they did last year, because this May, in Lost Lake, 41 breeding western toad pairs, a record number, were observed, and each female can lay up to 50,000 eggs. But predicting just which route they'll take is tricky.
10: We heard about this little migration thing, so we thought we'd come check it out. We have two kids, so we thought they might think it's cool.
4: They are surprisingly delicate, and even though there are signs everywhere saying not to touch them, kids will be kids. I thought you were supposed to pick them up.
12: Yeah, the oils on your skin, and if you have sunscreen or perfume on, would burn their skin.
4: This whole black culvert system has been installed to help the toadlets. For 11 years, biologists have been studying indicator species like the western toad population because it can provide insight into the greater health of the ecosystem. All the more reason for humans to step aside. Bye-bye. Ted Chirneke, Global News.
2: Well, with our poor air quality, some people feel the need to wear a medical mask or other barrier to prevent breathing in toxins from all the smoke. But as Kristen Robinson reports, there's no evidence the masks work. And the experts say you might even be making the situation worse.
14: The North Shore Mountains lost in the haze as Vancouver's air quality continues to be two to three times worse than Beijing. For some, the choking smoke is too much.
10: When I came to work and I started walking up the hill, I said, whoa, I'm not breathing well. And I felt that it was the air quality and I did put a mask on.
14: Inacio Diodoro da Silva walks 10 kilometers a day and says he feels better with the mask. But health officials say don't hold your breath. There's no point wearing a surgical mask during smoky conditions. There's just, it won't do anything for you. Regular surgical masks aren't designed to filter out very small particles, and the smoke is mostly composed of very small particles.
6: Underneath this mask, they're breathing quite heavily and fast meaning that they'll be exposed to more harmful particles than if they had not worn a mask.
14: Surgical masks can potentially make things worse, says Dr. Don Sin. He recommends N95 masks for anyone who works long hours outdoors. If they're a good fit, they'll block 99% of harmful haze.
6: N95 masks are the gold standard because it has a special filtering device inside the mask. That weeds out not only the big particles that we can see, but even the smaller uh, particles.
14: Some retailers seeing a spike in surgical mask sales, specifically N95s in the Fraser Valley. But this scene from Beijing has not hit Metro Vancouver yet. And most people are advised to just seek cleaner air in order to escape what's been an unprecedented summer for wildfire smoke.
10: I have never in my life used a mask until this morning. And I'm really hoping that this will lift off and we can all breathe better.
14: Kristen Robinson, Global News. Imagine being a firefighter, having to deal with that kind of
6: stuff.
13: North Korea, best not make
6: any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen.
1: That statement, one of the harshest warnings ever from a U.S. president, a promise to make North Korea pay for any further threat to the U.S.
2: It's a new escalation in a relationship growing increasingly hostile as North Korea quickly perfects its long-range nuclear arsenal. Andrea Mitchell reports.
7: The alarming warning tonight from a U.S. official briefed on the Defense Intelligence Agency assessment, telling NBC News Kim Jong-un has now constructed a miniature nuclear warhead small enough to fit inside one of its new long-range missiles, a missile that could reach the U.S. mainland. A major line crossed. The dictator has before shown off what he claims to be a miniaturized nuclear weapon. Now he may have built one. It doesn't appear that there's an immediate threat to the homeland, but the problem is he's beginning to perfect all of the elements of the ability to deliver a nuclear device to the homeland. The speed of the regime's nuclear progress is stunning. U.S. intelligence thought it would take years to get this far. But just 11 days ago, North Korea launched a missile test that could reach all the way to Chicago. And now they may have a miniaturized weapon as well. How did U.S. intelligence miss the timing? The underestimation of the pace of this program uh, represents a real uh, blind spot as well as a danger for the United States. There are still big hurdles for North Korea, crafting a warhead that can survive re-entry into the atmosphere and testing its accuracy to hit a target. Ignition. Recent West Coast missile defense tests have successfully shot down a missile over the Pacific, but the system cannot be counted on to be 100 percent accurate. While this is just one intelligence assessment, the fear is North Korea is on track to solve the technical challenges sooner rather than later.
6: The North Koreans, if they proceed on their nuclear program,
10: will figure out how to miniaturize the nuclear device, which they have shown that they know how to detonate, miniaturize it and put it on top of an ICBM.
1: British police are appealing for witnesses to help find a jogger who pushed a woman into the path of a bus. It happened back in May, but this surveillance footage of the incident was just released today showing a jogger in shorts and t-shirt hit a pedestrian who tumbles in front of a double-decker bus. Amazingly, the bus stops just before hitting her. And a bizarre crash in Russia. A small plane taxiing down a highway in Chechnya preparing to take off when for some reason the plane couldn't get airborne and collided with a truck. The pilot was taken to hospital for minor
2: injuries. Legendary country music singer Glenn Campbell has died. His publicist says Campbell died today at an Alzheimer's facility in Nashville, surrounded by his family. Campbell sold more than 45 million records. He was known for a string of hits in the 60s and 70s, including Rhinestone Cowboy, Southern Nights," Wichita Lineman, and Gentle on My Mind. In 2005, he was voted into the Country Music Hall of Fame and later received a Grammy for Lifetime Achievement. Campbell was 81 years old.
1: A new report indicates colorectal cancer cases are on the rise and the group seeing the largest growth might surprise you. Long considered a disease of an aging population, rates are now rising among young adults and researchers aren't sure why.
6: Katie Rich just had her third child, a boy named Brady, when weeks later, she got a terrifying call from her doctor. He said it's cancer, and he
4: said it wasn't good.
6: The 33-year-old had stage 4 colon cancer.
4: It was devastating.
6: A lifelong athlete, she had no family history of the disease. Her only symptom, pain in her ribs. The new report shows Katie is one of a growing number of younger people getting colorectal cancer. Studying all races, researchers found deaths in white people under age 55 are on the rise. And it's not only the result of more screening.
14: This increase in incidence is real and it's scary because we don't know what's causing it.
6: Colonoscopy is currently recommended beginning at age 50 for most people and repeated every 10 years until age 75 for those with no risk factors. Every five years for other screening tests or when colonoscopy finds small polyps. But today's startling report has some doctors rethinking those rules. Should we be screening at an earlier age? For the patient with a family history, you should be screened 10 years earlier than when
2: the uh, loved one got their colon cancer.
6: People should also know the symptoms, including changes in bowel habits, pain, cramps, or unexplained weight loss. Now aged 38, Katie Rich is cancer-free. And after years of grueling treatment, she and husband Will had another baby they named Hope. Dr. John Torres, NBC News, New York.
1: Now, researchers in this country point to similar findings here in Canada. Cancer records from 1981 to 2010 show colon cancer rates were up 6.7% in the 15 to 29 age group.
4: Last year,
5: you guys may have saw my shot off the sky coaster, right? But this year, I'm back
13: with something bigger and better. The helicopter shot.
2: That's Harlem Globetrotter star William Bull Bullard. And we'll show you his spectacular new shot after the forecast. Worth way more than three points, I'm betting. Way beyond the arc.
1: That's right. I think he wins the game for that one. I think he did. (laughs) All right, uh, meteorologist Christy
0: Gordon, a familiar laugh, back after a week away from us. How's it going? Good, thanks. Good to be back. It's smoky out there. It was all week long on my vacation. Uh, You know, I tallied the numbers. I was just telling uh, Chris and Sophie, 40% of the fires so far this season, human cause, which is typical, but it's incredible to think. 40% of them we could have avoided and avoided this potentially. Now, the uh, visibility is at 19 kilometers right now, but at one point today, it was only at five kilometers. The smoke is so thick and a good uh, amount of the province really under that thick smoke from the southern interior up through the central interior and then spreading out towards the coast. So two-thirds of the province currently under an air quality advisory and we're not expecting this to change until at least the weekend. We've got high pressure in place and that's trapping in uh, that um, smoke as well as no wind, really. Uh, So not much change. However, we are going to see this breakdown come the weekend. That means more cloud, cooler temperatures, but just a chance of showers. So we're hoping for more rain. We're still days away. Stay tuned, but we're not expecting a ton of rain. In the meantime, right now, we have a number of lightning strikes in that southeastern corner of the province. Yesterday, 17 new fires caused because of lightning, so we'll be tracking that to see if any new ones are ignited today. Hot and dry, that's what you can expect. So smoky conditions, temperatures in the low 30s, coastal regions more in the low 20s, and you can see conditions not. Not much different compared to what you were seeing today. You'll see this again on Thursday as well. As I mentioned, no real change in the forecast until the weekend. South coast, inland regions, close to 31 degrees, 25 near the water. East coast of Vancouver Island, near the water, about 27 degrees. And here's a look at that five-day forecast. So hot and dry right through to Friday with widespread smoke. And then Saturday will be our transition day. So we'll start to see more cloud. Slightly cooler temperatures, but at this point we're not expecting showers in until Sunday. And that means showers potentially for the interior regions as well, but not a lot of rain. So we'll be tracking that certainly as we head into the weekend. Two gentlemen celebrating birthdays today, Alfred Freeman and Jack Tibbles. So happy birthday to you both and tonight's weather window from a nice, clear Dawson Creek. One of the areas across the province has not seen as much smoke. And what's interesting is this wave here, uh, the air actually... Um, sort of mimics a fluid in that uh, you have two different fluids moving at different uh, speeds and that creates a wave just like what you see at the ocean
2: wow you saw a lot of those over the last week didn't you yeah all right thanks a lot well so a year after making an amazing shot from the sky coaster in wildwood new jersey harlem globetrotter bull bullard returns for another amazing shot
1: this time he's taking that shot out of a helicopter 210 feet above the Wildwood Beach, and it's pretty mind-blowing. Take a look.
5: I'm going to try something to top off what I did last year
13: by shooting uh, around... Hundred plus feet in the air.
2: Board. and i didn't hear him call it so i'm not sure it counts oh oh
1: you yeah. have to call it
2: <laughs> yeah well you're supposed to but we'll, do we'll give it to, do to that? him course from takes? the helicopter is that what you're playing yeah it's pretty amazing how many takes
1: how many takes does that take yeah.
2: no idea see that's that's the secret left on the editing room floor <laughs>
1: exactly
2: <laughs> uh we we were just talking about refreshments <laughs> that's right refreshments that oh, so we enjoy
13: refreshments <laughs> refreshments how I about a refreshing sports cast? Yeah, let do work? it. All right, let's do it.
1: Pims? No, that's Wimbledon. Okay. <laughs>
13: uh, evening, everybody. It wasn't that long ago when Eugenie Bouchard was playing in the women's final at Wimbledon and was ranked as high as fourth in the world. Or was it? Sure seems that way as Bouchard has really struggled of late. Her ranking has plummeted out of the top 50. And today she made an early exit at the Rogers Cup in Toronto. She was on center court. Her world ranking is all the way down to 70th now. She was facing Donna Vekic. Bouchard had 19 unforced errors today. Vekic playing in her main draw debut at the Rogers Cup. Broke Bouchard six times, won 17 of 27 first-point serves. She easily took the opening set against Eugenie. 6-3. It was more of the same in the second. Vekic dropped some uh, aces on Eugenie, back-to-back here. She takes out Eugenie Bouchard, 6'3", 6'4". 18-year-old Canadian Denis Shapovalov is a winner in Montreal. Milos Vranic will play tomorrow, as will Roger Federer. UEFA Super Cup from Macedonia. Real Madrid versus Manchester United. Cristiano Ronaldo was watching from the sidelines. Champions League winners Kasimier. taking on the Europa League winners. 24th minute, and it's Real Madrid striking first. Casemiro. Makes good on his second opportunity. He just playing it off the iron before that. United was waiting for the offside flag. It never came up. And then Isco extends Real Madrid's lead in the 52nd. Gareth Bale, quick little tap back. Two on the final. Premier League season starts this weekend. Hey, yeah, There was a special guest at Hastings Racecourse for yesterday's BC Festival of Racing. Two-time Kentucky Derby winner Mario Gutierrez back to where it all started. Vancouver, of course, is home away from home. All right this is where it all started for mario gutierrez hastings race course is also where his heart remains gutierrez is now 5700 mounts into a successful racing career with over 1000 victories including two kentucky derby wins along with a preakness but it was his fondness and love of vancouver that almost ended his fairy tale ride just as it was starting up
11: I thought he was too good to ride here, and uh, well, I had to talk him into staying in California. And he wanted to come back here, and I said, "You're too good to ride here. My loss, but it's going to be your gain." And
0: I even uh, remember, like uh, when I first moved back to Santa Anita, and like. And I wanted to come back here, and then uh, uh, I asked Lenny, can I come back? He says no, and uh, I thought maybe he just wants to get rid of me (laughs) or something like that. More of a gentle nudge
13: out of Hastings gates onto the larger racetracks of North America. Yet the bond between these two remains like father and son. It's akin to the magic one Mario has with the thoroughbreds that he races, because it was Todd who saw the special qualities in Gutierrez well before the jockey saw them in himself.
11: Horses run for him. He can get horses to run that other people can't. He's got a great feel for a horse. He's got great hands, and not only that, he's got the patience of Job. You know, he doesn't panic. Even like in the Kentucky Derby, he doesn't move early. He's got great patience, and that makes a good rider. And horses run for him. more than horses will run for some riders, and the horses run for Mario for some reason. Here's the wire. I live another day.
13: Mario now rides all over North America. His win, place, and showings total just under $41 million. Might be a wee bit of an understatement, saying it's been one heck of a ride. Jay Jano, Global Sports. He's a great guy, too. Yesterday, we showed you the work Adam Bigel is putting in at New Orleans Saints training camp as NFL camps are underway. One player who called it a career is Houston Texans and 13-year-old veteran Vince Wilfork, except... The former defensive tackle went about a different way announcing this retirement, and this might go down as one of the best retirements ever.
14: I'm moving on to smoke meats, fellas. Peace out. I'm out of here. Later. Mm, mm,
11: mm. (laughs) Thought it was over, huh? Nah, I'll be back, but not on that field. (laughs) Peace out.
13: I'm thinking he's got the barbecue going for that one. Uh, Vancouver Canadians have announced Tim Raines' night at Scotiabank Field, Nat Bailey, August 22nd. Of course, Tim Raines' Hall of Famer now.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Great, great fun watching him earlier. And I'll be at that game for my sister's birthday. Well done, All son. right, look forward to that. Thanks very much, Jay. Lots of excitement around the Deadpool 2 set in downtown Vancouver today. A few dozen Vancouver police officers getting a personal thank you from Christie's ex boyfriend, the movie star Ryan Reynolds. Okay, we'll talk about that after.
1: (laughs) Vancouver-born Ryan Reynolds made it a very memorable day for them and for one of the youngest Deadpool fans waiting to meet his idol. Here's Aaron MacArthur.
14: My scooter. Sorry, guys. (laughs) My
8: scooter. It's your scooter.
11: Not really. It's his scooter, but close enough. Vincent Carmichael is a huge Deadpool fan. On set for two days now to get a glimpse of the action... He's actually become a part of the action.
7: Thank you so much. You wear this
11: all
6: day?
10: Uh yep. Um when I'm going on like when I go on somewhere and hear where Deadpool 2 films, I put on this costume straight up.
11: Yesterday Vincent was hanging around set with his mom. The crew took to him right away. Eventually he got a chance to meet a couple of the principal actors. Just don't ask him who they are.
10: I met the bad guy. Um, which is, um, I can't remember. The bad guy? Yep. Okay. I met Domino.
11: It was such a great experience, Vincent's mom agreed to let him come back today.
8: He goes, can I, can I, can I? Can I wear my costume? Can we go?
11: And jackpot. Reynolds found them.
8: Sure enough, he kind of pops out from the bushes behind there. We're going to go this are going to that way.
11: Everyone wanted to get in on the photo ops today. All the VPD members who have been directing traffic snapped a selfie with Ryan Reynolds. Hard not to get swept up in all the action. Even Deadpool seemed to be enjoying himself. Hey, man, thank you, thank you, guys. Stay safe. Thank you. Kidpool thinks this whole Hollywood thing is pretty neat. He even asked Reynolds for some advice.
14: He said, "Stay in school, which and be nice I totally, to and Be nice to your mom, which I totally get behind. She's gonna use that every single day. Aaron
11: MacArthur, Global News. She sure will. Oh, awesome. And
1: what did he say when we were when he was asked if you would
2: seen the movie Deadpool? Oh, Sergio, the cameraman asked him, so you haven't seen the movie, have you? He's like, no, I'm only eight and a half. <laughs> it's a restricted <laughs> yeah. movie. But it, but it was a very, very sweet moment. And uh, oh,
13: yeah. He's kid. not the only one who hasn't seen it, though.
0: Yeah.
2: I know. Oh, I, I have seen no seen excuse for not having seen it. I've heard nothing. <laughs>
0: Your best buddy's in the movie, too.
2: Oh, Glenn, oh Glenn, yeah.
0: Glenn.
2: Yeah, Glenn gets killed like three times, I think.